We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for March 31st, 2013. And today we're going to be kind of a usual current event study covering a variety of different uh, topics. Some of the stuff on um, Easter and Good Friday as well to kind of clarify some of those issues. We're going to be talking uh, some about Franklin Graham and uh, the National Catholic Review. Uh, both in favor, well, one in favor of repealing the Second Amendment and the other in favor of universal background checks. Uh, and some other various and sundry things. The first thing we're going to go over, though, is a, just a kind of a brief Bible study on Psalm 27. Kind of set the tone for the teaching. And Psalm 27, verse 1 says, The Lord is the light of my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. So again, this is a psalm kind of to uh, prayer of protection over a particular person and also a psalm that would increase your faith and give you hope, even if things around you seem as though like the walls are closing in regarding evil. Next verse, though, an host should encamp against me, like a host, like an army, my heart shall not fear, though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Again, the Lord's provision in time of trouble we're seeing here. And going further, it says, And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about, round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. <clears throat> um, when your enemies seem like they're, you know, all about you on every side and darkness is closing in. One of the strongest things you can possibly do is bless the Lord, you know, praise the Lord, worship the Lord, uh, you know, fall down on your knees, praise Him, worship Him. That, you cannot go wrong doing that. <laughs> you just can't. So, um, going further, and I mean that literally. I don't mean, you know, that just figuratively. I mean that literally. What I'm saying here. Uh, going further, verse 7. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me, and answer me. When thou saidest, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me, put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help, leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. And again, this is a verse you've heard me quote a lot in recent weeks. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. And we need that today more than ever. We've got so much deception and evil on every side, just living a day-to-day -day life in the world. Um, we need to have the Lord to show us his way and to lead us in a plain path because of our enemies. Next verse, deliver me not over under the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, 
and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So in other words, that was the hope. Unless he had this as a hope, he would have fainted. He would have probably stumbled and fell. But his hope was to believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And hope and faith, like we've talked a lot about even recently, are intricately tied together. And then the last verse, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So, wanted just to go over those verses a little bit there, kind of, because uh, most of the stuff we're covering is becoming increasingly uh, dark and, and negative and these types of things, and these are good to kind of set the tone for teaching regarding this. Okay, so then the first story we're going to get into is entitled The 21 Goals of the Illuminati and the Committee of 300. Now, this is an excerpt from Dr. Coleman's 1991. So we're talking, you know, 22 years ago, essentially. Um, From his 1991 work, The Conspirators, Hierarchy, the Committee of 300, covering the major goals of the Illuminati, um, then they're posted in this particular article. We're going to go over... Just kind of the cliff note version of the 21 goals of the Illuminati. And again, most of this, you can maybe at the time of the writing, you really couldn't see it maybe as clearly. Really seeing, you know, absolutely the vast majority of these in plain view now. um, You know, there's really not a lot of disputing on this. So, the first goal was to establish a one world government, new world order, with a unified church and monetary system under their direction. Now, doesn't that line just perfectly up with what the Bible says in Revelation, Daniel, and these types of places? <laughs> one world government, new world order, unified church, one world monetary system, essentially one world economic system. That's their first goal. The world government began <clears throat> to be set up in its, um, began to set up its church, its church, in the 1920s and 30s. Now, I think what they're in reference to there is the 501c3. I think, you know, that came a little bit after that time period, but they were moving in that direction to get the churches under all churches. It doesn't matter what the denomination. Under a governmental control, under a governmental creation system. In other words, if you want to be a 501c3 corporate church in America, which is what 99.9% of all the churches are, pretty much, in America, um, now I'm not talking about home churches, but I mean churches in general, like if you see on a street somewhere, you, you know, and you want to go into that system, you have to go to the government. They're the ones that grant you the ability to exist via the government and the IRS, and you have to really, if you're going to sign all the paperwork, you, you need to abide by their guidelines. You know, and I, from a leavening standpoint, from a, a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump standpoint, I have no idea what that's actually doing to a church on a spiritual level. Can't be good. And you look at how lukewarm the churches have become. And that's just evidence of the fact that it, no, it wasn't good. <laughs> and there's something going on on a spiritual level when you enter into, into a contract with the government and <clears throat> the government gives you your right to exist. What we're not seeing is what's happening to the churches on a spiritual level because they entered into that. I don't know. Only God knows, or, or somebody that has their third eye opened, you know, which I don't recommend. But uh, it, it can't be good. I mean, just look at the fruit. <laughs> look at the way the church is now. I mean, in general, they're they're more part of the problem than anything else. They're going along with the goals of the new world order, 
in a huge way. You have the clergy response teams. You have um, you know FEMA and Homeland Security yoking up with with the church. We're going to talk about today about um, the Catholic Church and Franklin Graham and, and some of these organizations, the Southern Baptist uh, yoking up with what the government, what Obama is trying to enact. And it's just plain as day. I just don't really see how you could possibly argue with that. That fact that the church is becoming and increasingly becoming more and more in lockstep with the goals of the New World Order, with the goals of Satan, essentially, who created this, created this system, with his fallen angels, devils, demons, and, you know, the Illuminati. So, like I said, it's just, but it's what the Bible predicted. Uh, So, the one world government began to set up its church in the 1920s and 30s, for they realized the need for a religious belief inherent in mankind must have an outlet. And therefore, they set up a, quote, church body to channel that belief in the direction they desired. Okay, so that's in this denominational thing. There's not not any Bible for denominations. There's all these different splinters and offshoots and sects, and they all respectively think that they're the only ones that have it all figured out, pretty much, most of them. I mean, they may not think they have it everything, but they think, well, we're about as good as it gets. Most of them do. I mean, if they didn't think that, why would they be in it? Why would they be in a given denomination if they didn't think that was the best one available? Okay, maybe you could say, well, it's just tradition. Well, yeah, but they, it's, it's, a, it's a pride thing. You know, pride goes before a, ha- a fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. Pride blinds you to the truth. When you start thinking you're in a denomination, you have it all figured out, and you're better because you do this, or you look this way, or you act this way, that's pride. You know? And that's the norm from my perspective of being running the gamut through all the various churches I've been in, Lutheran middle school, Catholic high school, radical Pentecostal, charismatic, going into independent fundamental, um, King James only, unregistered Baptist church. I mean, I've, I've run the whole gamut. You know, I've seen all the different ways that pride rears its ugly head and manifests and blinds the people in those respective denominations in mass. And once they're blinded, then they start going down, you know, the wrong path, whatever that may be, so much of the time, and getting into all kind of heresy and embracing all kind of doctrinal heresy. That's why Jesus Christ said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees, the main religious leaders of the day of the day for the Israelites, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees, which is their doctrine. They had added to the word of God. The Bible talks about when you add to the word of God, you're going to add to the plagues, add yourself the plagues that are written in this book. The Bible talks about that at the end of Revelation. And if you take away out of the word of God, then you'll have your name taken out of the book of life. A really stern warning. But that's that's the norm anymore. I mean, you look at all these cults that are out there. You know, Mormons, they don't go by the word of God. Oh, we go, we have a King James Bible. Yeah, you also have the Pearl of Great Price in the Book of Mormon. Which always, 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 these unholy books always end up trumping the Bible. When it comes to, well, it contradicts it here. Well, we'll just go with the Book of Mormon on this one. Or we'll go with the Pearl of Great Price. Or the Jehovah Witnesses will have their various and sundry heresies and they have their watchtower magazine which is supposedly angelically inspired even though it predicts predicted the end of the world wrong and i don't even know how many occasions all of these 
uh, cults that I'm mentioning there all have these extra biblical books, and that's the norm as well. So, um, let's go to point two in the 21 Goals of the Illuminati. To bring about the utter destruction of all national identity and national pride, which was a primary consideration if the concept of a one-world government was to work. Divide and conquer. Um, if you can divide a nation and um, take away its national identity, national pride, and it, it's you know you divide and conquer. That's that's a, just a basic warfare technique. Point three: to engineer and bring about the destruction of religion, and more especially the Christian religion, with one exception. Their own creation, as mentioned above. They want to bring about their own creation. They want to propagate that. Like I said, all the isms, including Christianity, all of these ones that are yoked up with the government in particular, are all going to eventually end up being assimilated back into, or, or well, really back into in a way, because the government created it. The government was part of the system to begin with. But they are going to be assimilated into the one world religion under the false prophet and antichrist. All of them. They're all going to be on the same page. And that's what's coming. So, so I said, you better get off that, that train now because that's where that train's ending up. That train is going to end up one world religion. Period. You know, I'm not saying that everybody in um, a denominational system are unsaved and this and that. I'm not... I'm not saying I'm not saying there's not good men and women in those denominational systems that are saved. But most of them, the vast majority, haven't saw the big picture. They haven't saw where this ends up. You know? This is gonna end up this way, guaranteed. If the government created it, gave it its right to exist, it's going to end up assimilated into that system. So it's just a matter of time. Number point four, uh, and, and well, another point. N- notice how the one they're really, really keyed on the destruction of religion was the Christian religion. Well, that's their only real true threat, as far as emissaries or ambassadors of Christ on this planet. The the, the people in the congregations, you know, that God works through. That's their biggest enemy on planet Earth. The true Christian religion. So the more they can destroy it, leaven it, taint it, lukewarm it, water it down, the more weak it becomes. And they want a weak enemy. Because a weak enemy is easy to overcome and destroy. And Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. It's as simple as that. Point four. To establish the ability to control of each and every person through the means of mind control and what Zygmunt Brzezinski calls technotronics, which would create human-like robots in a system of terror. Well, we're seeing now, I mean, the unbelievable push toward transhumanism, being what they call human 2.0, being what they call post-human, neural implants, microchip implants, which is you know obviously the mark of the beast, some type of microchip implant, probably in conjunction with a tattoo on the right hand or forehead, 
what do these microchip implants actually do? Well, we're part robot. I mean, if they're interfacing with brain chemistry and brain neurosynapses and these types of things, then are you fully human anymore? You're a cyborg. Well, hold on. Jesus Christ didn't come here to save cyborgs. So now we get into the, into the whole discussion of, can a person with a neural implant who isn't even a fully human anymore, he's part machine, part man, can they even get saved? I don't really know. Why would you even want to chance it? You know, you're messing with something you shouldn't be messing with. You're messing, you're, it's like basically like saying, God, I'm not satisfied with the way I was created. I can improve upon whatever you intended for me. Which is the whole premise of this whole GMO food garbage, which is all a lie. All they're doing is defiling God's creation. It's the whole premise of them defiling all the animals and doing all the genetic experiments they're doing now. Heard that they just this admitted this week that they were injecting human brain cells into mice to make them smarter. You know, it never ends. It's the whole defiling of creation. It's the whole Genesis 6 all over again. And Jesus Christ said, as it was in the days of Noah, Genesis 6... So shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. What were they doing? What was the main thing doing? If you could take a news crew back, sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and these, these angels then fell, took them wives, all that they chose, and produced an offspring of giants, translated from the Hebrew, from the word Nephilim, or fallen ones, created this hybrid race. They were defiling God's creation. And in Enoch, it talks about them actually going further than what is even said in in Genesis, where they defiled the animals and the fish and everything. That's what they're doing today. They're doing that exactly, and they're openly admitting to it today. They're defiling the birds, the four-footed beasts, the reptiles, the fish. Splicing them all together. Splicing them together with plants. Making all of these Frankenstein-like creations. It's Satan's way of shaking his fist at God and trying to defile the, God, the creation that God made. So that's, all, that's what it is. That's the main thing. Defiling of humanity and, and the creation that he put on earth. So, um, going further, point five, to bring about the end to all industrialization and the production of nuclear-generated electric power in what they call the post-industrial zero-growth society. Accepted are the computer and service industries. Well, the computer industry in particular, you look at how people are addicted to their iPhones, their smartphones. They, Google's got the Google Glass glasses now, where you're interacting you know, with stuff, and, and it's literally filming everything. It's like, it's like having spy cameras all over the place. And you're unwillingly being a spy for Google, one of the most wicked companies ever created. Evil. Totally yoked up with the world government. I don't even use them as a search engine. Use Ixquicks. I-X... Ixquicks. I forget how you spell it. But anyway, use them as a search engine. Catherine Albrecht um, has... It's I-X-Quick. Ixquick. I-X-Q-U-I-C-K. Use that as a search engine. Um, Google is no good. No good. Bad, bad. You know, all those things, Google, Facebook, all those things, they're CIA front companies, they're, they're, they're spying, they're, they're, it's data mining. They're gathering dossiers on everybody and their activities so that they can predict what you're going to do, when you're going to do it. When things go bad, if they want to locate you, they'll know exactly where you're at and what your habits are. 
Simple as that. So, um, they don't want to destroy the computer industry because how are we going to have cyborgs? All the stuff that I mentioned just previously, transhumanism, uh, all the technology that will be used for wickedness, the technology that will be um, integrated into the weapon systems to kill people, they got to have that. So they're not going to do that to computers. Um, but when they can destroy the industrialization in a co- country and take away jobs and then ship whatever jobs are remaining um, to a third world country where they pay them pennies and then flood, like in this case, the country with illegal aliens to take up whatever remaining jobs there are, a lot of them, then that country starts to te- disintegrate and, and the wealth of that country starts to obviously disintegrate. I mean, the, the area where I'm at right now, there's factories everywhere shut down. I mean, and this was once a very, it was once like the heart of the country when it came to furniture production. No more. Um, most of the factories are, are uh, all empty. And that was all by design. So, it goes on to say, U.S. industries that remain will be exported to countries such as Mexico where abundant slave labor is available. Now remember, this was written in 1991. This has already been done. That's why I kind of like this, because you can actually say, wow, this guy wrote this in 91. It sounds like it, he wrote it last week. No, he wrote this in 91. He, I, actually, he wrote it well before that. If you look at how far it goes back as research, I think into the 60s, it just took him till that point to write the book. So this was way before even that. U.S. industries remain will be exported to countries such as Mexico, where abundant slave labor is available. As we saw in 1993, this has become a fact through the passage of the North American Free Trade Agreement, known as NAFTA. Um, Unemployables in the U.S. in the wake of industrial destruction will either become opium, heroin, or cocaine acts. Well, they they forgot about methamphetamine, um, which is sometimes, I think, referred to as hillbilly heroin. Um, Or become statistics in the elimination of the excess population process we know of today as Global 2000. I mean, isn't it obvious all this that I've talked about so far is, is happening? <laughs> it is happening at an increased rate. At the time of the writing, though, it hadn't. A lot of this hadn't really been, was kind of in the stages of infancy of a lot of these points. But today, you know, I like something that can stand the test of time. You can read it 20-some years later, and it's like, wow, looks like he just wrote this, like, released this this week. It wouldn't be near as impressive if he just wrote this last week. You know, because it's like, well, yeah, tell me something I don't know. <laughs> but when it's 22 years earlier, uh, I hadn't even, if he released this book in 91, man, I hadn't even gotten saved yet. I was in chiropractic college. Um, I don't, I was just like starting chiropractic college. So, I was right in the middle, I guess, yeah. So, going further, they want to, again, they want to get people on, you know, Heroin, opium, methamphetamine, and then become statistics. Number point six, to encourage and eventually legalize the use of drugs. What are they doing? <laughs> legalize pot in Seattle. Hey, everybody meet at the Space Needle so we can get high when it turns 12 o'clock. That's what they were doing. <laughs> I mean, it's insane, you know. And then, then Colorado, okay. Now... <laughs> More than, I believe, half the population are, are, are on some type of, of medication at this point. 
So when we say drugs, you know, we have to include that in there. That's part of the thing. It's pharmakia, which is the root word for sorcery. It's where we get the word for pharmacy. It's the root word for sorcery in the Bible, drugs. All drugs have side effects, every single one of them. And I do believe uh, there's some type of demonic component with a huge amount of drugs out there. If not all, I don't know. I can't, you know, I can't see the demon on the on the tablet or how that might be influencing you. I don't know, but I've done a whole lot of studies on it. The medical industry, how it key, how it ties in with the pharmacia, and how that's been a main main thing they've they've used to try to bring about, you know, a drugged population is a very is a population that is very easy to control, and then when things get, go bad. And the economy starts to collapse or whatever natural disaster, if you if you are addicted to a particular medication and then all of a sudden you can't get it anymore, a lot of people are going to sell their souls in order just to get that drug because they're going to realize how addicted to it they really are. Maybe they've never ha- maybe they've never been off it, but that's going to be another tremendous tool, another um, thing that the Illuminati can use to ratchet up the pressure on people to submit to their will when things collapse or whenever we have maybe a nuclear confrontation or a false flag event or a multiple pandemic worldwide. Who knows? Or all of this stuff at the same time. That would be maximum shock value if you had it all going down at the same time. World War III as well. Many other things. So, to encourage and eventually legalize the use of drugs and make pornography an art form which will be widely accepted and eventually become quite commonplace. So that's another huge goal on their end. And we see that in a huge way as well. Huge way on the pornography end. Um, Point seven, to bring about depopulation of large cities. According to the trial run carried out by the Pol Pot, Pol Pot regime in Cambodia. Now remember, this was written in 91. It is interesting to note Pol Pot's genocidal plans were drawn up in in the U.S. by one of the Club of Rome's research foundations and overseen by Thomas Enders, a high-ranking State Department official. So much of the time, you know, the United States, people in high places in the U.S. and elsewhere in world government are behind these genocidal Trial runs, like they're talking about here. Remember, the the first commandment of the Georgia Guidestones is to reduce world population to um, 500 million, which would be, you know, approximately 95 to 90% reduction in world population right now in that range. So depopulation is a huge goal that they've got. Point eight, to suppress all scientific development except for those deemed beneficial by the Illuminati. Um, Development of the fusion torch would blow the Illuminati's conception of limited natural natural resources right out of the window. A fusion torch properly used could create unlimited and yet untapped natural resources, even from the most ordinary substances. Fusion torches are legion and would benefit uh, fusion torch uses our legion and would benefit mankind in a manner which as yet to not even remotely comprehend by the public. We've, we've, this has been invented over and over again. Cars that run on water, um, Nikola Tesla's work on free energy, 
there's been so many inventions, and either one of two things happens. They're either bought off or they're, or they're killed, the inventor that holds the patent. Why? Because it's an absolute threat. If we, think about it, if you were in your house or wherever you were at, and you, let's say you had property and you had your own, I don't know, let's say you had a lot of storable foods and you had your own water source and things like that. If you had your own power source, you really wouldn't need any outside intervention or very, very minimal. There would be a much higher chance you could survive in an end time scenario if you were in that situation. Whereas if you're dependent on the government for um, water, electricity, sewage, all these things, there's a much lower likelihood you're not going to cave in. And I'm not saying God can't provide a way. I'm just saying, from a, from a world government standpoint, they want to get you as dependent as possible on them for everything. It's just a fact. And then when you go to them, you know, the poison in the water supply, the poison in the air through the chemtrails... I mean, they dump chlorine and fluoride, sodium fluoride, and, and actually, what they're dumping in there is even worse. We've talked a lot about that in the past. So many things they're doing, you know, are actually, you know, there's such a huge price to pay. So, that's why we have to be on guard. But all of these, these um, free energy sources have been suppressed. And they're going to continue to be suppressed as long as the Illuminati can get away with suppressing them. So, um, that would be such a huge one right there if, if there was, like, free energy devices that were widely available. Because you could, I mean, let's put it this way. If you had the free energy, if you had a well, you could use the free energy to pump the water out of the well. So there's your water taken care of. You know, you'd have your electricity taken care of. You would have so many problems, and let's say you could have it to run your vehicle. Well, then you're not dependent on gas. If you had it to uh, heat your structure, whether, let's say, it was underground or, what, or whether it was above ground or whatever, now you don't have to rely on, let's say you're relying on natural gas to maybe for your stoves, and, for, and you wouldn't have to rely on that anymore either. You see how much the, just the energy thing by itself would take care of? So, that's a big one. And, um, anyway, let's go further. Point nine. To cause by means of limited wars in the advanced countries and starvation uh, diseases in third world countries. So, the death of three billion people by the year 2050. People that they call the useless eaters. This is why you see third world countries um, really heavily targeted with a lot of things they maybe couldn't quite get away with in America. Some of the things are a little bit more overt that they've done. Of course, they're trying to kill us every way you can imagine just about anymore, but, um, you know, mass vaccination programs and that the United Nations and UNICEF implements and just so much of the stuff they're, they're saying that they're doing to try to save lives is actually is the exact opposite. They're trying to do it to kill people and to starve them out and to create as much misery and evil as possible because Satan loves that kind of stuff. And his followers love it too. So, in countries like this, which don't have like any kind of real news coverage, it's easier to get away with. Uh, the Committee of 300 commissioned by Cyrus Vance, which is an arm of the Illuminati, to write a paper on the subject on how to bring about such genocide. The paper was produced under the title Global 2000 Report and was accepted and approved for action by former President Carter and Edwin Muskie, then Secretary of State, for and on behalf of the United States. 
Under the terms of Global 2000 report, the population of the U.S. is to be reduced to 100 million by the year 2050. So I don't think we're going to have to worry about getting in the year 2050, personally. I just don't see how it could go much further until we had World War III and then the Antichrist and the False Prophet coming out of the ashes of that war and the, the tribulation period starting. Um, point 10. To weaken the moral fiber of the nation and to demoralize workers in the labor class by creating mass unemployment. Again, they're really, really doing that one in spades. I mean, you look at the actual real unemployment rate, which the government continually lies about um, through various means. And I mean, we've got worse unemployment now than we've had probably since the Great Depression. As jobs dwindle due to the post-industrial zero-growth policies introduced by the Club of Rome, the report envisions demoralized and discouraged workers resorting to alcohol and drugs. They, they know human nature. Um, the youth of the land will be encouraged, encouraged by means of rock music, and I would also say add into that rap music, which wasn't near as prevalent as it is now, back when this was written, they will be encouraged by means of rock music and drugs to rebel against the status quo, thus undermining and eventually destroying the family unit. Satan's all about destroying the family unit. Point 11. To keep people everywhere from deciding their own destinies by means of one created crisis after another and then managing such crises. This will confuse and demoralize the population to the extent where... We're faced with too many choices. Apathy on a massive scale will result. You know, Satan's good at what he does. And, again, he's trying to hit us from so many different directions. And this is just further proof of that. These 21 points. You could probably add a whole bunch of sub-points to these individual points on how this, it's all actually being implemented. You know, but this is more the Cliff Note version. And, again, like, back then... I think we had chemtrails in the early 90s. You know? If they were, they were in their infancy. But I don't think we did. So some of the things they're doing now, we, you know, a lot of the things that are happening now weren't even going on back then. So, uh, going further, it says for point 11, in this case of the United States, a agency for crisis management is already in place. It is called the Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA whose existence I first enclosed in 1980. So FEMA's taken this long, FEMA and Homeland Security have taken this long to get cranked up to where they're at now, where they're at the literal spear tip of evil in this country, with Janet Napolitano leading the way. And in, you know, every about every other day I see something about FEMA being the absolute <laughs> epitome of evil. And the one world, new world order juggernaut that's coming after pro-Second Amendment, pro-life, pro-Constitution, pro-righteous, pro-Bible, uh, you know, returning veterans. That's who FEMA's coming after. And here this, this man's writing about this in, in 91. And they're going to be the, the um, organization when they have a crisis... And if we think we've seen crises, we haven't seen anything yet from what's coming. They're going to be 
and are positioning themselves to be at the spear tip when these crises happen, they're going to be the ones rounding people up to take them to the concentration camps. They're the ones that have bought the billions of rounds of, of hollow point ammo and are buying, you know, mine-resistant tanks and these armorized Humvees and, you know, are going to be working with foreign troops and all these things. Now remember, God's, the Lord Jesus Christ is bigger than all of that. But I'm just saying, that's, that's the spear tip, FEMA, pretty much, for this country. Uh, Homeland Security. They're kind of in lockstep. So, point 12. To introduce new cults and continue to boost those already functioning, which include rock music gangsters such as the Rolling Stones, which we just reported on, I don't know, about that Super Bowl commercial that we talked about, and I got into the Rolling Stones. It was like back in January, I guess, uh, or early February. Uh, gangster groups uh, much favored in the, by the European black nobility and all of the Tavistock-created rock groups which began with the Beatles. See, all of the rock music genre was of Satan to begin with. I've done many studies on this. Um, just key in, they sold their souls for rock and roll in like the keyword search box at YouTube. Uh, Jeff Godwin, I believe, um, his documentaries... It's irrefutable. All of, all of these have been put in place by the Illuminati to destroy the moral fiber, um, to introduce devils and demons and these types of things through music into the lives of young people. Um, so, they're the ones that created them. Point 13. To continue to build up the cult of Christian fundamentalism. The cult. Okay, now this isn't true Bible-believing Christianity. This is the, remember, this is the religion of Christianity it says they created, starting back in the 20s and 30s, and then getting all the churches to incorporate. From a satanic standpoint, he knows what's happening to a church when they incorporate and yoke up with the government on a spiritual level. It's not good, okay? And obviously, some denominational systems are way better than others, okay? But if they're all yoked up with the government, ultimately, they're all going to end up back at the same spot, and that's at the one world government. Under Antichrist. So it says, to continue to build up the cult of Christian fundamentalism um, begun by the British East India Company's servant John Nelson Darby. Now, a lot of people get mad about that. Okay, I'm not going to get into that today. I've already went into that in detail on the study I did on pre versus post tribulation. But I'm telling you, this is what they're saying. Not me. It's what they're saying. This is just point 13 out of 21 points. So, you can get mad at me all day long, I'm just telling you what they're saying, okay? And, um, anyway, let's go further here. To press for the spread of religious cults, such as the Muslim Brotherhood, are we seeing that? Every single one of these points, now, again, but the last one, people get mad about that one, but it's undeniable every single one of these points... Pretty much. You can see it. It's happening. It has happened. It is happening. Okay? So, I mean, we're seeing, with the Muslims, I mean, I can't even keep up with all the evil they're perpetuating. But they're there to spread the religious cults as the Muslim Brotherhood. Hey, look at all the stuff that we got into the last teaching, where they're getting all kind of favored status, and, and, you know, Sharia law is just creeping in everywhere in America, they're having girls wearing burqas in public schools. 
They're having them say, uh, confess that Allah is the true God. They're having them, you know, proselytizing and they're, they're incorporating it into the curriculum in the public school systems in Texas. All of the favored status this devil death cult is getting and all they are capable of is pure, total evil. But that's what Satan wants. He wants the spread of Islam because it's probably one of the most overtly evil cults there are on the planet. Because it is so overtly evil, he, he favors that more than he would somebody that would be like a lukewarm Presbyterian worm in a church pew somewhere. Because he can do more evil with a radical Muslim, Islam. I mean, the, the stuff that we got into, uh, I believe it was last week, where if all of these women, Caucasian women, who did not grow up with any kind of Islamic influence, are converting over to Islam at a huge rate, way more than men are, and are becoming some of the most radical Muslims that there are. Willing to go in and blow themselves up, just like the regular guys that, that were conditioned in it. It's, it's absolutely insanity, and it shows you the demonic mind control that people come under when they convert to Islam. Very high-level devils in order to, to actually change someone that much. You know, not all devils are created equal. You know, and, and I believe the ones with, with Islam are at a very, very high level. Because you look at the fruit of what Islam produces in a person's life. So, spread, the, spread of religious cults such as Muslim Brotherhood. Muslim Fundamentalism. The Sikhs. And to carry out mind control experiments of the Jim Jones and Son of Sam type. It is worth noting that the late Khomeini, Ayatollah Khomeini, was a creation of the British Military Intelligence Division, MI6. This detailed work spelled out step-by-step process by which the U.S. government implemented to put Khomeini in power. Most of these third-world dictators and these types of things are created, put in there by the Illuminati to do their bidding. Point 15, to export uh, religious liberation ideas around the world so as to undermine all existing religions, but more especially the Christian religion. Isn't it funny? Everything seems to be so geared in on the Christian religion. And they mean true Christianity, true Bible-believing. Don't put a denominational label on it. You know, just you and the Word of God, basically. Christianity. That's what we're talking about here. They want to destroy that, okay? And again, then you have all of the tainted Bible versions that have come out, (laughs) you know, since the 1881 Revised Version by Westcott and Hort, which spawned all the versions we have today, pretty much. That's another way they have uh, targeted the Christianity. Because if, you know, you destroy the Word of God... Then you destroy the God of the Word. That's that's a fact, you know, and that's what they've done. They've leavened the Word of God. They've taken away. NIV has sixty four thousand over sixty four thousand less words than a KJV, which is almost ten percent of the total text of that Bible. Had a rabid lesbian named Virginia Mullen caught on the translation committee, and other reprobates. I mean, you know, 
Anyway, that's a, that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other way they've tried to actually destroy Christianity. So, um, let me just read the first sentence again. To export religious liberation ideas around the world so as to undermine all existing religions, but more especially the Christian religion, this began with the Jesuit liberation theology. Remember the Jesuits? We talked about them at length. That brought an end to the Somaza family rule in Nicaragua, and which today is destroying El Salvador, now 25 years into a civil war. El Salvador. Watched a uh, prison documentary about them online the other night. Highest, second highest crime rate in the world? They have the gangs, um, 13th Street Gang, and I think MI6. No, not MI6, I'm sorry. Anyway, something 13. But they're two of the most evil, hardcore gangs on planet Earth. And they were both started in LA. And as they, as these El Salvadorians got sent back to um, El Salvador when they were deported, those gangs started up in there, in El Salvador, and now they're like the main cause of murder by far in that country. Extremely dangerous place. Extremely dangerous. Um, that's a whole other thing, the starting of gangs. I believe that's all been part of this as well. You know, there's so many gangs out there you would not believe. MS-13. That's the other gang. MS-13 in the the 13th Street gang. Both started in L.A. Uh, The Bloods and the Crips. Both started pretty much in L.A. Uh, You have all the biker gangs. You know, the hardcore ones. Hells Angels, Outlaws, um, the Pagans, the Warlocks. I mean, there's all these gangs. I mean, these are literally... I mean the initiations these guys have to go through and what they've got to do, and they're all dealing meth. Meth is probably the worst drug that you could possibly get on. I mean, one time on meth, and you may never, ever uh, be able to push that drug away. You've seen the before and after pictures on people that get into that, like crystal meth and stuff? I mean, it's unbelievable. I don't think there's probably a more demonic drug that's available in mass than that stuff. Now, I know you could say bath salts. Okay, probably, yeah, that's a whole other level. I don't know. But these gangs, I mean, <laughs> when this stuff starts to go down in America, and you've got all the Muslim sleep, sleeper cells, you've got all of the, the um, gangs in America, Aryan Brotherhood, MS-13, You know, all of these gangs that are odds and at war with one another. The Bloods, the Crips, the... I mean, you could go on and on and on and on. And when food isn't available, and water, or the basic necessities, man, I can't even imagine. And then Homeland Security kicks in. And we've got all these natural disasters. And all of these gangs already in place... And then all the Muslim sleeper cells that have been waiting to take out the great Satan, who they refer to as America, all these years, (laughs) I can't even imagine 
how horrific it is going to be in this country. And I really believe it's God's judgment on the church probably initially not taking any kind of real stand, as far as I could tell, in mass against Roe versus Wade. Against the abortions of conservatively 70 million babies. Um, taking more of a stand against sin, against pornography and mass sodomy, homosexuality, bisexual, gay, transgender, all that stuff. The church has been, the church is actually yoking up with that now and endorsing it and saying how wonderful and liberal. And I've given examples of that over and over and over again. Because the church has abdicated its rightful position regarding being like a moral compass for the most part, God is going to have to judge this wickedness. He always does in the Bible. Whenever there's that much innocent blood crying out from the land, God has to judge it. He cannot just let that go. It says that when that happens, when the sodomites and the gays, and I've read those verses, and then when there's there's human sacrifice, this is what we have with abortions, not to mention the overt human sacrifice that's going on, which we're going to talk about later, that their innocent blood cries out from the land, the babies, and that when the when mass sin, particularly homosexuality, sodomy, and all that is going on, it defiles the land, and the land cries out, and the land will vomit out its inhabitants. Now, I'm not saying God can't protect a true born-again Bible-believing Christian, because he always preserves a remnant, all in the Bible, over and over. Um, but <laughs> it has to happen from a biblical standpoint. It's just really a matter of time. We could be right on the cusp of it. So, anyway, let's go further. Um, point 16, to cause a total collapse of the world's economies and engender total political chaos. Again, if they collapse the dollar, which, you know, this thing in Cyprus, if that goes like a domino and it sweeps through the European Union and then into America or wherever else, and they collapse the dollar, and let's say, well... <laughs> Today, just saw this. Um, this is this is a great example of that. When I'm about just kind of go over a cliff note version. Uh, Department of Homeland Security can seize gold, silver, and guns in safety deposit boxes. Now they haven't got total verification on this, but this lines up with everything. Homeland Security, you know, FEMA, all tied together. According to in-house memos now circulating, the DHS has issued orders to banks across America, which announced to them that under the Patriot Act and the DHS has the absolute right to seize without any warrant whatsoever any and all customers' bank accounts and to make periodic unannounced visit to any bank to open and inspect the contents of selected safe deposit boxes. They're going to raid and loot your account. They're going to take whatever they want, just like they're doing over in Cyprus right now. You don't, if you don't have possession of it, you don't have it at all. You might as well just kiss it goodbye. You have your gold or silver tied up in, in paper, gold and silver certificates. You better get them in the real thing. Because paper isn't going to be worth the paper. It's printed off. They're totally suppressing the gold and silver markets as it is right now. The Rothschilds decide the price of gold and silver every day. 
Silver once a day, gold I believe twice. That's fair. The most wicked family in the on the in the universe. Okay, I guess I can't speak for the whole universe. The most high-level Illuminati family there is. They're the ones that get to decide the price of gold and silver. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. And there's a gigantic shortage of like silver by itself, but the prices don't reflect that. It's being covered up in various different ways. But they'll be able to go in and, and take anything out of your bank account. Ultimately, be able to try to come into your house and take whatever you have. So, again, these are things to think about. And they're doing all of this now, and they're already doing it in Cyprus. So, going further here, um, point 17. To take control of all foreign and domestic policies of the United States... I've pretty much done that. 18. To give the fullest support of to super supranational institutions such as the United Nations. We're seeing more and more of that almost every day. The International Monetary Fund, which is the, um, the IRS is essentially the private debt collection arm for the International Monetary Fund, which is owned by the Illuminati slash world bankers. So when you pay your money to the IRS, it goes to them. It does not go to running this country. Even Ronald Reagan determined that back in like 84 when he commissioned the Grace Commission. And they found that not one dime of what you pay to the IRS goes to running this country. Not one dime. That's why oh, you don't pay your taxes or whatever. Or people would, would say that to somebody that went against the IRS. The IRS is pure evil and wickedness. Not one dime of what you... When you pay money to the IRS, all you're doing is funding your own destruction. You're just giving the money back to the bankers, the wicked bankers that created this wicked financial system all the way back in 1913 on Jekyll Island when we had the Federal Reserve and all the makings for that. If you don't believe it, just read The Creature of Jekyll Island by G. Edward Griffin. Gets into all that stuff. And the IRS had a ton to do with that. So, eventually did. To give the fullest support to the supranational institutions such as the United Nations, the International Monetary Fund, the Bank of International Settlements, and World Courts, as far as possible, make local institutions less effective by gradually phasing them out or bringing them under the mantle of the United Nations. Everything They want everything like Walmart. One, only one store you can go to to get everything. No choices, no nothing. You go to Walmart because... You know, and when you go to Walmart, you're, it's like you're actually, in a way, funding your own destruction as well. This article just broke today. Walmart's death grip on groceries is making life worse for millions of people. I don't go or, or shop at Walmart. haven't done it for years. Every time I've tried to go, like if there was something I just didn't have, it breaks the same day. I'm not making this up. It really does. If I try to buy something from Walmart, God does not let me... It work. It breaks the same day. It's like so cursed. For me to go in there, everything's cursed. Off limits. I'm not saying I'm better. I'm just telling you, this is what's happened, been my reality. I'm not making it up. It's been years. I'll just read you a little bit. When Michelle Obama visited a Walmart in Springfield, Missouri a few weeks ago to praise the company's efforts to sell healthier foods. Yeah, right. 
She did not say why she chose the store in Springfield, um, of all cities. But in ways Obama surely did not intend, it was a fitting choice. The Midwestern city provides a chilling look at where Walmart wants to take our food system. Walmart, who's primarily supplied by China, slave labor, and tainted goods. Springfield is nearly one of 40 metro areas where Walmart now captures about one-half or more of the customer spending on groceries. According to Metro Market Studies, Springfield area residents spend just over $1 billion on groceries each year, and one of every two of those dollars flows into Walmart cash registers. The chain has 20 stores in the area. 20 stores? And shows no signs of slowing its growth. Its latest proposal, a store just south of the city's downtown, has provoked widespread widespread protest. Opponents say Walmart already has an overbearing presence in the region and argue that this new store would undermine nearby grocery stores, including a 63-year-old family-owned business which still provides delivery for its elderly customers. Uh, a few days before the First Lady's visit, the City Council voted 5-4 to four to approve what will be Walmart's 21st store in this one community. As Springfield goes, so does the rest of the country. If Walmart has its way nationally, the retailer's share of the grocery market now stands at 25%. That's up from 4% uh, just 16 years ago. Walmart's tightening grip on the food system is unprecedented in U.S. history. Walmart is pure evil. Period. They're evil. Don't go there. Support your local grocery stores, local hardware stores, whatever you can get. Yeah, but it's more expensive. Yeah, but you're feeding... The beast, you're funding your own destruction. You're spending money at a wicked institution that is yoked up with the New World Order, the One World Government, and China. You don't want to give your money. It would be like me tithing my money to some wicked um, charity organization. You know? Like me giving it to the United Nations for like Bill Gates vaccination program. When you shop there, it's very similar to that. You're spending your money. You're responsible for what God gives you. It's all God's. Everything of what you have, myself included, it all belongs to God. I don't own anything. It's all His. Everything we have, every possession we have, it's all His. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. As the Bible talks about, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all they that dwell therein. That's what the Bible says. It's all his. It's, we're just, we're just in, uh, stewards of it for a time. And we're responsible of where, you know, we spend our money in these types of things. So, you know, I'm just saying, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't support this wicked evil store. I could do, I could do a, probably a 10-part study exposing the evils of Walmart. And if you key in Walmart in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, you, you can look at the places where I've talked about Walmart, because I have before. Um, having gained more say over our food supply than even Monsanto, Kraft, or Tyson, Walmart has been working overtime to present itself as this benevolent king. Um... So it's trying to put its best face, phony face forward, but the reality is, is we're 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 funding our own destruction. The real effect of Walmart's takeover on our food system has been to intensify the rural and urban poverty that drives unhealthy food choices. 
Poverty has a strong negative effect on our diet, regardless of whether there's a grocery store in the neighborhood or not. Anyway, it goes on to, to, to get further into this. And, oh, Walmart signed a deal with Monsanto last year to sell their unlabeled GMO corn that they want you to eat. Why? Because they want you to die. Walmart is one of the chief depopulation tools that there is, period. All their chemically laced foods, personal products, all the garbage that they sell, all the stuff they have from China. Okay, now they sign a deal with Monsanto. Okay, if you saw that article this last week where Obama gave Monsanto their, their you can't sue them in court, they can basically do whatever they want, they can kill us, you know, in whatever way they like, pretty much through what they're doing. Um, and they signed a deal with Monsanto last year to sell their unlabeled GMO corn. So you can never know that's GMO. Numerous studies show GMO corn is extremely hazardous to your health, but it's all about the money, and they don't care if you go sterile or die. That's Walmart. And that's just a little sliver of what Walmart's all about. So, again, it just... Fight evil wherever you see it. And sometimes fighting is just not... Uh, easy ways, just don't support it. Don't give money to something that's evil. <laughs> Period. Whenever you can avoid that. Number 19, to penetrate and subvert all governments and work from within them to destroy the sovereignty, integrity of all nations represented by them. Okay, they're doing that. Point 20, to organize a worldwide terrorist apparatus and to negotiate with terrorists whenever terrorist activities take place. I mean, my, my word, they, they've done that so unbelievably. We just did the story last week, put the story out there last week, where Obama should officially be known as the head of Al-Qaeda, Al-Qaeda, which created it, the CIA created Al-Qaeda, working with the Muslim Brotherhood, and we're, we're working them, they're, we're funding them. We're putting them in power to ultimately bring about World War III, at least in the Middle East, and to create all of these controlled crises whereby which the New World Order will come in and present their controlled crisis solution. It's the Hegelian dialectic. So again, I mean... But again, point 20 wasn't near as prevalent as it is now that I just went over. In other words, it wasn't as prevalent in 1991 at the time of writing. 21, to take control of education in America with the intent and purpose of utterly and completely destroying it. We talked about that last week with the Muslim, Muslim influence and the dumbing down of the, of the population through the Cisco program in Texas. You know, By 1993, the full force effect of this policy is becoming apparent and will even be more destructive as primary and secondary schools begin to teach outcome-based education. So, anyway, Dr. Coleman's book, Conspirator Hierarchy Committee of 300, is available through Amazon. Oh, I shouldn't have said that, because I don't really want you to buy through Amazon, because Amazon's wicked. But anyway, you can, you can, you can go up there and um, uh, find all kind of other ways to get the book. But anyway, let's go further. Um, actually, you know what? I've already exhausted all of our time for part one, so let's go to part two, and we're going to switch gears a little bit. Um, God bless you, and we'll see you in part two. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N. 
D I N G F O R T R U T H dot com. Please help us continue this work to support this ministry. Our mailing address is Scott Johnson, Second Line, four fifty Conover, C O N O V R Boulevard West, n- number two o two, Third Line, Conover, North Carolina, two eight six one three. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.